Hey, this is Tim McGregor, and I'm the pastor of LOH Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing this morning? Everybody great? You guys are beautiful. You sounded beautiful. Who was that guy playing the drums? We should get him out of here. He's, he's too, too wild. My uh, right quad's a little sore, so I'm going to do some biking or something and get my left one. Uh, you have pretty good rhythm, though, for thanks. being a Wharton. I, I thought you were going to say for a white boy, but I mean, you said a Wharton. I mean, with, with, no, no, with Tyler being your brother. You know, yeah. yeah, we try, we, we try. I play a lot of air drums, not enough drums drum. I need, I need to play some more drums. So, uh, no, we decided to sit down today like Jesus did. When Jesus was going to speak, he went and sat in a canoe. Isn't that kind of cool? I feel a lot like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, a lot like Jesus. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, have your way. <laughs> um, no, we wanted to talk about the exciting things we have coming. Um, growth Track. Have you heard anything about Growth Track? We want you to hear about Growth Track so much so that you're annoyed and that you say, I'm going to go to Growth Track just because I hear so much about it. Um, but I wanted to sit down with Pastor Tim um, and have a conversation um, because God has placed it in the heart of Pastor Tim, but he's also mended it in my heart. We want to share the importance of why we feel growth track is, is so paramount to your growth and development here at the church. Um, we love you guys. Do you love this church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it up. Come on. Just honor the Lord about the leadership, the people, the staff, the board, every aspect of this church. It's so beautiful. But here's what we want to do. We want to invest and we want to give you an opportunity to fulfill the purposes God has for you. We don't want you to just come and enjoy, enjoy what's going on like Disney World, as Pastor Tim says. We want you to, to find God's calling in your life. We want you to be able to serve and to, to use your gifts, to use your voice, your unique voice, because we are a family and we are His body because the metaphors are, the metaphors are real. That's so and touching. And so, I don't mean to... Inter- no. Are you going to say something? No, no, okay. No, no, no. The metaphors are real. You're doing a good job. You hear no, that? No. Look, why do you even have to... And I'm, this is your message. I'm just sitting here like Jesus. <laughs> Before we get started, I have some questions for Pastor Tim. Um, but I want us to go through just the, the, the four weeks that we have of growth track. We go through four steps. It's a process. And then by the end, we have a celebration and uh, kind of a, a commitment to serve. Practical, you, you write down practical goals. Um, put my mic up, oh, sorry. Um, okay, let's go through night one. Is that good, is that better? All right, cut that out of the podcast, okay. Growth track night one, let's look at it on the slides. I just wanna go through these and then we'll break them down in some questions. Okay, night one, what you'd look forward to. So this in the spring, we're we're planning to have it in the spring and in the fall. So if you're new to the church and you want an opportunity to come, how can I get involved? How can I know more about the church? Growth track is where you need to go. Growth track, one in the spring and one in the fall. We're going to try to do it yearly. Okay, biannually. Hey, look at that. Okay, night one, we talk about who we are. Who are we as a church? Lighthouse of Hope, you come, you hear some awesome things, you f- feel the Lord's touch, 
Who are we as a church? This is where we talk about it. We go into deep, uh, we go a deep dive into the, the circles and the doorways and pathways. We go into a deep dive about our vision and the building blocks that we have here at the church. Night two is about you. We discover your design. We take the personality test, which is really fun, and we break up into groups. And it's the idea, the question, who am I and who am I becoming? You think about that, the way that you're living, the way that you're walking out this Christian life. Take a second and think about that. That's that night. Who am I and who am I becoming? Night three is find your fit part one. That's where we go over the spiritual gifts assessment. People seem to really enjoy that. Let me read this, 1 Peter 4.10 to you. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Everybody should use whatever gift you have received to what? Serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And then night four, we have a celebration night, as I mentioned, with a Find Your Fit part two. And this is where we set goals and commit to practical steps moving forward. It's really an awesome time. And if you know of anybody that's been through Growth Check, ask them about it. Um, I'm sure, I hope they'll have something, something great to say. But any questions, again, you can go to myloh.church slash Grow. So let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk. Um, talk about night one, who we are. What do you think, Pastor Tim, is so important to you about who we are, the church? Um, we're talking a lot about God being the Father and the, the imagery of God being the Father of Jesus has a father heart for everybody in the whole world. And when you think about that, I, I think like this, the father's purpose for the world, it, it, you know, when you think of that, it's big, it's vast, it's, it's almost to an unreachable point of being able to understand it. But the way that I understand it is that this vast purpose of God in the, in the world is worked out through individuals, hmm. through individual people, hmm. through ordinary people. The only thing that makes anybody extraordinary in the Bible is that God spoke to them individually and they heard it and they went after it. Hmm. There's no extraordinary people in the world, or in, in the Bible. There's an extraordinary God who reaches out to ordinary people and invites them into this big, vast thing. So, uh, and if you think about God and you think about God in the sense of creating everything, look how, look how incredibly uh, creative he is. Diverse in his crea creativity. Mind-blowing. So every church, uh, it, it, every church uh, is to be like Jesus um, but every one of us as individuals, we all, like Dustin read, we all have a gift. And, and so knowing who, not only who God is and who Jesus is and knowing all those theological things, but knowing who you are in, in God's eyes, knowing who I am in God's eyes as an individual, unique, very important. Sometimes I, I get a burden thinking that 
How many people I've known when they try to express, and this isn't a put down because I, I'm the same way, I've talked to you about this too. When someone's trying to express an idea or something they want to do, or they, have you heard anybody talk like this? You know, I, I know, but I just want to, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's like, I want to like, you know, sort of like, um, what I want to do is I want to be able to, you know, but I don't know. It's sort of, yeah. yeah. You do know, you just don't know what you know. And you, right? Even if you know, it's hard to get that out. God wants us to be able to find more about that at different ages and stages of our life. What's exciting to me most is these young kids that left this sanctuary just a few minutes ago. The biggest desire of my heart is for them to get in on that as soon as they can. That's why it, that individuality and knowing who you are to me is so important. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. Um, like, you always talk about, too, like, it, I, all of your eyes are on us right now, right? But all our, our eyes are on you. Pastor Tim talks about it all the time, know, your, know the condition of your flock. Know the condition of your flock. When we're talking, when we're discussing about staff, we're not talking about how, we're, to, we're talking about you. How we can get you to function properly, the way God intended, right? And we're supposed to equip the body. And the first thing that's so important about night one, what we do is we get our visions to align. We had an awesome um, marriage workshop. Was anyone a part of that? Raise your hand if you were a part of the workshop or the conference this weekend. Yeah, raise your hand. Keep it up. 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 Yeah, there was, there was like a hundred some. It was really an awesome time. Thank you guys for coming. But uh, Jimmy said something uh, last night, yesterday. He talked about vision. And, and this is, I'm just a simple man. But he said, you know what division is? It's two visions. Division is having two visions. And we all know what happens with division. A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. So we want you to serve. We want you to use your gifts. But if you're not aligned with our vision, we could ultimately be doing damage to the ministry and the work of the kingdom. But our vision is not important if it isn't his. Yeah. And division is what you said, but diversity yeah. is how we fulfill a division, or, or a vision. Yeah. A diverse, and if we don't know how to work with diversity, you always have division. Hmm. And so knowing who you are and your individual walk in God cannot be done in a vacuum. It's done in a community. Amen. Right? Let's talk about identity. Let's talk about that identity. So night two and three, we start talking about our personality, who we are, and then our spiritual gifts. So identity is so crucial, as Pastor Tim mentioned. From what you know about what we do on these nights, as far as the personality test and spiritual gifts assessment, why do you believe this is so valuable? First thing I want to say is that um, when we're talking about you finding your gift, it's not about how we can make Sunday morning church off the chain awesome. It's not about trying to find people to fit in this couple hours of what we do on a Sunday. Because the, the ministry of Jesus 
is for every day that ends in the letter Y. Um, many times, have you, have you ever said this? And I've said it. I've said it a lot in my life. It's been a conditioned thing. And you can think, Tim, you're just picking a word words apart. I don't know. There are things that we do so often that create mental maps and images and expectations that we just become cultural and we don't even realize it. After a church morning thing we do, a lot of times someone will come up to me and say, man, that was an awesome service. I think, service? When I think of service, I don't think of... It'd be like if you go to Dairy Queen. Man, they provide... When you think they provide good service... It's usually like, man, this banana split was the best one since last night. <laughs> you know, and so like, if it's like everything's evaluated on, okay, wow, Sunday morning, man, wow, let's get everybody up for Sunday morning. And not to belittle that, I would, how many of you would rather go to, to be a part of a church gathering where you didn't, where you just went, where you had the wow? I love the wow. I want more wow. Turn the wow up, Lord, all the way up. But this is about, there's a role. The church is not an event. And I use, I use the Disney idea. I use the, uh, like, going to see David Letterman back in the day. You sit there and you watch, and there's Paul on the band, and the great band, right? We missed the best parts of the band because that was always during the commercial. You hear the last, they come back and be like, dude, I wish I could have heard that whole song. So you come and you sit, and we do the thing, and then we leave. This is a filling station. This is an equipping time. This isn't the end all. The goal and the energy is not to try to get everybody here. We couldn't get everybody to do, I mean, you know. So it's the mission of the church is not about Sunday events. That's a part. That's one circle. But every other day that ends in Y, the church of LOH needs to show up wherever the church of LOH is. And show up knowing who you are and knowing that God has something for you to do out there wherever you are on every day that ends in the letter Y. Yeah, so let me ask, let me ask you specifically about when you did your personality assessment. <laughs> Why do you have to be so personal? <laughs> what? what? What came to life in you? What was maybe concerning to you, or what? So let me just read this. I have no concern. Am I am I allowed to read your personality? No, just the just the. If you leave any good parts out, I'll be sure. (laughs) So you're a a campaigner, right? I'm a campaigner. Any any other campaigners in here? Explain what. Well, I don't have that here. But you're an ENFP. I mean, do you know like? I'm a people person. I'm a. Uh, you want to fly a helicopter? You want to play in the NBA? You at the same time. At the same time, you yeah. want to. Do- <laughs> I like to get involved in causes, and, and 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 I actually believe that I can, if I'm not leading it, I can add value to it. And it's not because I feel like I'm anybody. It's just uh, it's just the thing that I like, wake up to think about doing. Um, so I'm called a turbulent com- campaigner because. The turbulent part is a lack of contentment of ever arriving, and I push it too hard sometimes, and uh, and and it, and, it, and and it's hard for me at times to appreciate the the journey because I'm always seeing. I think I'm seeing. Yeah. And what's bad is if you think you're seeing 
and God's like, you're like, but you you got that thing. So, mm. so social engagement is part of just the way I'm wired. Um, uh, so, in a, in a, so it's like a, affirming some of those things that you have, but also yeah. Sometimes you can go when you well, feel that pull yeah. to something maybe of the weaknesses of seeing the personality. You don't have any. Oh, I, Tim Skiles doesn't have any either. No, when he Tim reads does. his, he says, I "This have, doesn't sound like." I do. I, I have weakness. <laughs> Everybody does, and and, yeah. and and you can get in your own way. You know. Oh. I've I've found me. What are um, you, Dust? Let's get off. So I, <laughs> I was a campaigner. I would like to take it again. I was a campaigner, well, which my, is... It's my desire to turn you back into a campaigner. Which is, <laughs> yeah, which is ENFP, that's a campaigner. So, extrovert, okay? An mm. advocate is what I was this time. Mm. Any advocates? It's an INFJ. So, it's, it's interesting. Went from an extrovert to an so introvert. So, these tests look at where you are, introvert, extrovert, where you are with your intuition and your energy regarding what you know about yourself, the kind of nature that you bring to the way you are, who you are, uh, how you look at possibilities and perspectives and what part you're going to play in, in, in backing off or diving in, and whether you're a contented person with that or a turbulent or somewhere in between, whether you're balanced in, in, in being okay with it, because all of these things, once again, work together. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a campaigner, you got to have somebody you're campaigning for. You know, mm -hmm. if you're a great campaigner, but the guy like, oh, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, yeah. uh, we, all, we all help each other along with that. Definitely. So you want to ask to ask me who my celebrities are? Yeah, it's real. <laughs> that are like so. Me. Who are the campaigners that are like Pastor Tim uh, McGregor, like Will Smith and Robert Downey Jr. What's the guy? The, the superhero guy? We're a lot of like Iron Man. According to this, Iron Man. I mean, but who am I to argue with <laughs> this? But I'm also Michael Scott from The Office. So, <laughs> so Michael Scott, which means if you watch The Office. You find when Michael Scott gets himself in a position where he's got to like let everybody know that, that corporate's going to lay everyone off, he goes and hides in his office because he doesn't want <laughs> doesn't want to hurt their feelings. So he lies and says, "At the end of the day, I've got a great big surprise for you." <laughs> and so he's in his office panicking, and they're like, they're worried. Yeah, I can. That's part of the turbulent. Yeah, because I want. I say to the staff all the time, "Let's create environments where we can say yes to everybody." Yeah. So the reason why we want to do growth track, because we want to say yes to you, mm. but, but, if you but if you're bringing the, the philosophy of the, 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 uh, the ravens to a Steelers church. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm using an example. If you, if you go from a, well, a certain team and the way you've been coached and all that, that's all great. And there's probably some good stuff there. But if you're going to play for Bill Belichick... I'm not Bill Belichick, but if you're going to go to play for Bill Belichick, if, you, if you're familiar with that NFL idea, you don't, no matter who you are, unless you're Tom Brady, you don't go to Bill Belichick and say, listen, Bill, here's how we're going to do this. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Bye. 
Because <laughs> Bill Ch- Belichick would be like, let's see, how many rings of Super Bowl rings do I have on my hand? How many do you have on your hand? None? Oh, okay. You caught three passes. Okay. So, so there is a way we do stuff. It doesn't mean it's the right way to do stuff. It doesn't mean it's the best way or the only way. It's a way that's evolved, and there's a lot of details in that of why we do what we do or why we think to do things the way we do things. The goal is, is we want everybody here, we want to be able to say, yes, when you have an idea that's birthed by God, you want to see it work, we, we want to be able to say yes. But what I've found mostly in 32 years of ministry, most people are on step four, and they don't know there's one, two, and three. And so when you're out on step four and you think it's one, It's not ready and you're more ready than you thought. And then if your personality is a certain way and you're not a Michael Scott, but you're a Dwight Schrute, we don't want Dwight Schrute necessarily being the first person that greets everybody coming in the door. Right? Get the kid downstairs, turn the phone off, can't chew gum in the building. Right? Don't need that at the front. What denomination are you? We have a place for you in the back. That'd be Dwight, right? That would be Dwight. That would be Dwight, right? No, we don't want Dwight. We want Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam, right? Anyway, sorry, Dust. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. Um, I want to read this about identity. Okay. Uh, uh, culture today, if you haven't realized... Um, throwing a lot of things at identity, who you are. Um, We know as Christians we were made in the image of God. That before you were in your mother's womb, the Lord knew who you were. Before you learned about anything. And uh, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, I want to add this. Just because Dustin, I don't know if he's going to get this transparent or not. Okay. Dustin is a blend between Martin Luther King Jr. and Lady Gaga. <laughs> I see more Gaga. Actually. So this is what it's like Mom when you're in the pulpit with Pastor Tim. This is a... Uh, huh? I'm just... What'd you say? You... You making fun of the way I run staff meetings? <laughs> no, I'm saying this is what it's like when you're on the stage and something pops into your head. Or... That's right. <laughs> See, Michael Scott would do that, wouldn't he? <laughs> right, what he would do. <laughs> I'm not like that. Let's, let's, read, let's read this by uh, Ruth Sorry. Haley Barton. I was reading this book called uh, Strengthening the Soul of Dustin's Your Leadership. Dustin's always reading books. Huh? You're always reading books, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's oh. good, though. Yeah. Like his dad. Dustin is, a, is, is uh, Dustin, I've got a great staff. My son, Dustin, uh, who else do we have on staff? Stephen Furtick. Yeah. Uh, Ollie, well, Ollie Tyler, that's what I mean, Tim, Ollie. Josh. Ollie, who are you? I forget. Tell everybody, well, who are you in this personality thing? Who's this, your celebrity? Oh, uh, Denzel. Denzel! <laughs> Denzel Washington. It's Tell prophetic. Yeah. It's so and, and Jim, Jim Halpert. Halpert. Wow. That's... Did you marry Pam? Actually, he did. I was Pam. <laughs> See? That's See, awesome. you'll get to know who you are in the office if you come out. How many Merediths we have. I mean, I mean. Oh, so. no. <laughs> that was a Michael Scott. Sorry. That's good. Sorry. Jesus, Here forgive we go. Me. Jesus, come back to this church service. All right. 
Our calling, do we have it up there? Yeah, Go yeah, ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. Cool. I'm sorry. Our calling is woven into the very fabric of our being as we have been created by God. And it encompasses everything that makes us who we are, our genetics, innate orientations and capacities, our personality, heredity, and life-shaping experiences, and the time and place into which we were born. Vocation, I, I, this, this is, I feel like, what you share a lot about. Vocation does not come from a voice out there calling me to be something I'm not. It comes from a voice in here calling me to be the person I was born to be, to fulfill the original selfhood given to me at birth by God. Isn't that beautiful? That's everyone. Yeah. That's, that's people walking the streets, Cumberland. That's people getting off subway trains this morning in New York City. That's some kid downstairs. That's every kid. It's every one of you. Keep going. Bob Dylan in his book uh, Chronicles talks about being a 18-year-old kid living in Hibbing, Minnesota, which is nowhere, up in the Iron Mountain range of Minnesota, and how he had spent the last four or five years of his life listening to certain types of musicians on his radio, and something was stirring up inside of him, and he left Hibbing and, and drove, or hitchhiked, to New York City, got out of there, and started playing in these coffee shops in the early 60s, early 60s. And he said, he, within a couple weeks, he said, I was walking down the street in New York City, knowing that a light from above was shining right on me, and I was the only one that knew it. But everybody in the world would know it soon. In some way or another, God wants all of us to feel exactly like that. That's how we're to live. That's who we are. It's mm. great. So I'm going to continue with that excerpt. But this is not as easy as it sounds. By the time we even know that there is such a thing as a true or authentic self, the false self has already taken over to the extent that it is hard to tell what is false and what is true. Over time, a great gulf has developed between who we really are and the designs and plans that the ego has for us. It can be a very complicated matter to untangle all the threads. Right? It's crazy. The false self. Whether uh, it's... Yeah, whether it's proving yourself, whether it's trying to become something or someone. Um, Hunter and I, and uh, we were up there talking before church, and we got off in this a little bit, and <laughs> I said, I've been trying to throw my false self out of my car since over the last 30 years, <laughs> and I think he's out of there, and all of a sudden he pops up in the back seat, ding, right? 
um, it's, the, it's intertwined in our soul. And uh, when, I think about, when I think about these kids, I, I, I wrote a thing. Uh, I go to a counselor um, almost every week for the last year. And I've, I've, been, I've gone to see a counselor um, uh, probably a number of times every year over the past, I don't know, 10 years. Um, that's what ministry does to you. No, uh, it's actually the most best thing because you can't always talk about everything to everyone. And having somewhere to go, it's not just about having a mind dump, but it's also about that, you know, I, I want to, but you know, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, sort of like, you know, I don't know, but you know what I'm trying to say? You know, I got this feeling, and I want to do it, but, but God, and people are just like, there are people that know how to go and pull that out of you or tell you what to do. And a couple of years ago, this one uh, lady counselor I was going to see, she said, oh, I, I kept pinpointing this time in my life at eight years old. Because we were talking about when do you, when, when did the law, when did the, the when did you feel like you were, uh, the, where the, you ate off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? How old were you? Like who told you you were naked? When was that? Because I have this imagery of myself being this little kid, just this happy dude little kid. Then there was a time in my life, I can pinpoint it somewhere around then, that uh, darts started hitting me. I'm going somewhere with this. And so she gave me an exercise and challenged me. She said, go go away and write a letter to your eight-year-old self. And I got more, because I have a creative... I don't mean this bragging, but I have a creative, I, my brain, like if someone tells me to do a thing, it goes off into something I think of it doing another way. Um, and so there was this alley that I used to ride my bike in when I was eight. We moved from one part of Cumberland to another, and I loved this alley. It was like, had these bricks in the center, and, and, and you could get in, and get, go to the backyard, uh, backyard get on the alley, and I could go from where I lived all the way out, like Old Town Road, out by St. Mary's Catholic Church. And I just, I could always get home because I just followed that brick. But I remember being that age, and I can remember having darkness in my life. This happy kid that looked happy and was happy, but this darkness, where'd it come from and why? And that dark part has been there all along, even to this day, even this moment. Not, not in a dominating way, but in a way that always challenges me and comes at me when I want to step out into the best part of the campaigner, or of the gifted part. I was talking to uh, Katie. Who's, Katie's doing this great podcast, by the way. Katie Schreckengoss has this awesome podcast going. I want to talk to her about that in one of these weeks coming up. It's amazing. And... Uh, I told her, I said, you know, there are still things in my life that I know I could help people if I did this or did that. And that false self grabs a hold and does a thing on me and keeps me from going there. And no matter if someone talks to me logically or tells me whatever, it's not enough because it's not out there. Like you said, it's not coming from out there. It's not a logical thing. It's not a, well, you know what, blah, blah, blah. It's there. So I got to go find that kid and coach and, 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 and speak in a way or have the father speak in a way. 
that gets that kid on the right course. Anybody, you, you, you tracking with me on that? Yeah. Tracking with me on that? Um, all the more, it's, you know, Satan, I don't, and not to get all scary about it, but dark, dark things were talking to me outside of Sunday school. I can remember moments and times I couldn't, because I know when we moved from a certain part of the city to another, and I know how old I was, and I can think of some dark things influencing my life. I could have only been four or five years old, because I know doing the math when I moved. That's unfair. And none of it came from an individual. It came from a thought process that was gone off in this creative kid's mind, this celebrity campaigning, wanting to do a song, wanted to get on the stage, wanted to, make, wanted to bring my gift to people and make people feel good about their life. And there was this other thing still there. So she was like, go back. So I did that. It's helped a lot. So when we're talking about knowing who you are, it's, it's not this clinical. Uh, growth track is not your grandma's membership course, all right? Been there, done that. Got 16 different buttons and pens. And you see, you read these obituaries, and Joe, Joe Johnson was a member of like 32 churches. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what's it matter if you don't know who you are? What can you do? And, and not know that other part. And here's the other thing being in community with other people mm-hmm. help you. How many of you ever got to anywhere good by yourself? Mm. Right? As many as there might be somebody that threw a bad torch at you and it still bothers you, how many people have brought some good stuff into your life, brought some sugar? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's what church is to be about. If there's any one place on planet Earth where you can go and become a part of somebody that will value you in spite of the things that maybe you don't even value in yourself. That's what Jesus did. It's okay. Clap, that makes me feel good. <laughs> um, so, and you jump in, because I told you I'll get can, more. Can I, can I jump in where, where you said? So, uh, you tell us, you know, when I was the youth pastor, and we tell all of this and everything to, uh, to keep the people on the bridge, mm-hmm. right? We, we, yeah. keep, we keep the shine kids, the young kids, we keep them on the bridge, right? They might think everything you say is baloney, but we want to keep them coming. We want to, we want to keep them on the bridge. And you talk about, you talk about if I would have had at eight years old or 10 years old, if I would have had an Ollie, or if I would have had, if only I would have had, and I feel like growth track is about, if only someone would have had you that was using their gift, that was obedient to God, that grabbed a kid downstairs, that maybe... Not grabbed a kid. <laughs> We're in a different world. You just say, I know exactly what you mean, but you know what I'm saying. Just say. Put put your arms softly around the. What kid. even that? And uh, pretended to put your arm around the kid. We deeply are committed to making sure your kid has a safe time. You know Dustin, right? You know what I'm saying. Metaphorically speaking, hypothetically. Okay, here we go. Hypothetically, um, sanctified thinking. Sorry. No shot. There's no shot. 
And you, you brought them along on the bridge. And this is what Growth Track's about. How you can use your gifts, your hands, your uniqueness, your yeah. voice, your yeah. heart. Yeah. And continue to keep the kids on the bridge. So, with that said, bringing it along from Growth Track into nurturing in Nazareth. Yeah. Talking about the eight-year-old Pastor Tim pretending he's in the Lighthouse of Hope Church. Oh, man. And nurturing, developing, mm -hmm. growing, raising these kids up, raising you up, us up. Um, is, um, is Brady Monahan here today? Uh, is, he, is he there? All right, man. Um, if I embarrass you, let me know. I will buy you anything you want this week. Okay. Last Sunday night, we had a Super Bowl uh, party here with some guys in, in the move. And uh, at halftime, um, instead of watching 50 Cent here, look like he's more like a dollar now. But uh, instead, of watching 50, instead of watching 50 Cent, which I have no problem with him, actually, and Eminem, which if Eminem didn't put all the words in, I like his stuff. You know, slim, slim shade. But uh, we, the, 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 the move up front. Now, how do we do it? Guys and Guys and girls in the back. And uh, we were all, the guys were back here. And there was me and an old guy, old as dirt guy, and a couple old as dirt guy, and then younger guys. And then some of the move guys were there. Brady was one of them. And we went around, and Ollie asked us, you know, questions. Uh, and we were going around answering the questions. Uh, why, are, why do you like LOH and all that stuff and all that? And I listened to everybody give their, everybody said some awesome stuff. Connor said some cool stuff. But Brady, I just want to say, I'm not exactly sure what grade you're in, but um, the way that you shared your heart, it, it melted me into the floor because you're at the age when the church I went to broke the bridge. And when they broke the bridge, and it wasn't intentional, my life broke hard. And I have this gap from being this kid that was in a church, having the word of God put in my heart, having the presence of God, being this kid, didn't have a youth group, didn't have a thing. And I got so lost. Had a good mom and dad, good sports, all that stuff. But on the inside of me, was that dark thing that nobody knew. And I mean, I wasn't like trying to think, how can I blow up the buildings? Or It wasn't nothing like that. It was just this, it was a, it was a paralysis on my life. It was the kryptonite on the Superman part of me that just couldn't. And uh, I didn't have anywhere to go with it. And I wasn't, on stage, it's always been this way in my life, I'm sorry. On stage, I'm a certain kind of person that I can easily, I could do in front of 15,000 people. I get around two or three people to do a funeral or whatever, I freak out, I get scared, I get nervous. So I didn't have anybody to go to and talk to. If you, if you would have been there, um, if, uh, I'm trying to think of the people back in my life, uh, Steve Trimble, uh, Gerald Trimble's brother, these guys I looked up to, if any of those guys would have walked up to my life, because I was a sports kid, I don't want a basketball court somewhere and just said, hey man, I go to 
LOH, the move. And I want to pick you up and bring you. I would have been saved in like 13 seconds. <laughs> instead of that, instead of that, I walked around, outwardly you would never know it, with so many unanswered questions on the inside of me and so many fears. Back to Brady. Brother, your heart, the way you, ex I would have never been able to express what he expressed about something deeply personal that God's doing in his life in this church. And it wasn't the company line, it was straight from his heart. And I saw that and I thought, I want a thousand kids to be able to say that. A thousand kids be able to say that. So, um, I posted a song from the 90s by Amy Grant on my Facebook page this morning because I listened to this song knowing we were going to talk about this yesterday and it just, I haven't heard that song for 10 years at least and it wrecked me in a good way. I, I, I'm going to read it to you. Is that all right? It's called uh, The Children of the World. And even if I didn't embarrass you, I'll, I'll buy you anything you, you, you know, put it on a church card, <laughs> ministry purposes. Uh, but he represents a, a, bunch of, a bunch of young people yeah. in this church that are just like that. That's right. Just like that. Mm -hmm. And I watch them, and I root for them. And I want there to be a bridge. Because you know what? For every, for every and I, I say this to Pastor Sean, so this to Pastor Dustin, I've said it to Ollie. Uh, for every kid in the youth group that's the kid that will be there to help you set up tables, tear down tables, be able to uh, coach a, 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 a Bible study, kind of keep the conversation going. For every kid like that, there's 10 or 20 kids that are somewhere way, not even close to that. And you, and, 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 and you want everybody to be a Christian. But there's some kids you think, uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be a Christian or she. Or, you know, but, but the goal is, the goal, the goal is to not make a kid a Billy Graham Keep the kid on the bridge. Because somewhere up the road, if it's not while he's on your bridge or she's on your bridge, if they're in church, if they're in the house, they're in the presence. God has a moment for people. Right? Every life, every beating heart has a searching soul inside, ever needing, ever seeking out the meaning to life. I refuse to believe that we're only here to live and die. In the futile days of a faithless haze, never asking why, why would I, when I've felt the hand of eternity? It's a legacy I will leave, I wanna leave, for the children of the world, every single little boy and girl, Heaven plants a special seed, and we must have faith for these. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in the Father's eyes. Like the Father, may we see that they have a destiny, a place where hope is found for every children, all the children, of the world. The world.
wonderful. Um, so God's been speaking to you along those lines. It's going to kind of sound like a sharp right turn, but about the real John B. The real John B. Yeah. John the Baptist yeah. and how when the awakening happened for yeah. him. Can you talk about that? Yeah. A little bit? I, um, I, don't, I don't know when it was, but I feel like it was like this. Same with Jesus. But, you know, there's a, you know, when the angel appears to his father, he tells him what he's going to be. God already has this for him. He's going to be this. Um, he's referring to passages from the prophet Isaiah. And God spoke this through Isaiah six centuries before John B. would be born. So picture this. And it says about, it, it says about this about him. Um, where is it? I have it on here. The slide. There's a slide up there. Is that it? Can you go to the last slide, guys? This, uh, wait, not the last slide, the one before the last slide. You have joy and gladness. Do you have that one? Yep. Yeah. So the angel's telling, and John B's dad, he says, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And listen, you're always great in the sight of the Lord before you're great in anybody else's sight. And if you're great in the sight of the Lord, it doesn't matter if anybody thinks you're great. Hmm. Um, I was talking to Hunter and, and the guys up in the booth, the scripture, and it says, and he will drink no wine or liquor. And people use that as, well, there's a Bible verse not to drink wine or liquor. And that's, that's not even what this is about. What it's about, he is saying, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's in his mother's womb. He's saying this, heaven commands you, mom and dad, to guard the kind of influences that John B. is around. Because God wants him to be great. It's... Yeah, we can have our, our convictions about drinking it, but that's not, it's about influence. You may, you may never drink a beer, but your, your screen time on, on your phone is 12 hours a day. Heaven's influence. I, I, God, so these kids, right? We're jealous for these kids to be not smothered in, not, in a nurturing environment in Nazareth where they're away and they're, but they're being blessed and fed the grace of God and their view of themselves. So somewhere along the line, John B. is reading Isaiah. And he's reading Isaiah 40. He's probably read it before, he heard it before. And he's reading and it says, and a voice says, cry. And the other voice says, what do I cry? All men are like grass and all the glory of men is like the flower of the field. I have a feeling that there was a moment when John was reading that and it became incarnational to him. He's reading and he goes, what do I cry? That's me. Now, I feel that if we teach the word of God the right way, and there's a wrong way to teach the Bible. The Bible can make you mean. Where it's just truth bullets. Or the Bible can be released in a way through people that creates... It takes, if you're a dolphin, the way you're fed, you, you, you become flipper. <laughs> you, where you do the, 
thing. You, you, have you ever watched a dolphin? Don't they look like they're really digging life? Yeah. I mean, if anything in this world is really dolphins are like, you gotta be us. I mean, it's like, right? So, so imagine Christians being like that. Imagine. Imagine living your life in such a way that the way you're discipled in the things of God just make you want to... I wish I could do a dolphin noise. Anybody know how to do dolphin noises? My brother used to be able to. Tyler, he's downstairs yeah. serving Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's what made Bob Dylan at 18 leave an iron ore pl- and get in, and, hu- and, 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 and thumb to the big apple with nothing but a guitar. Knowing you just wait till you hear, come gather around people wherever you roam. The president had him play that at his inauguration in 1992. Who are you? Who are you? There's a time to leave Nazareth so we don't want to smother kids. You know, churches can smother us. There are churches in our town that have nobody in them. And they didn't wake, they didn't one day, you know, 25 years ago, you know what my goal is? To kill this baby in 20 years. Just to kill it. Where we have to have bake sales, begs, begging sales. And we have about three 80-year-old people banging the table. We got to get some young blood in here. Well, the young blood left a long time ago when you put the sign up that said, we won't change for anybody. Our church is not about putting something on you to become like us. Like I said, half of me, I've been trying to get him out of my car for a long time. I want us to become... Like Jesus. And I want us to be an empowering place. An empowering people. And not, and, and, and enjoy this as much, get everything out, wring the rag out of everything God wants to do on Sunday morning. But this is not the only day that ends in why. Somebody's church has to flip the idea that it's not about the weekend. It's about every day of the week being who you are. If you're a dolphin, no need to dress up like the elephants that are in the circus under the tent trying to ride that little scooter around. Be who you are. Right? Did I even read the scripture that I was going to say? I think you did. Um, oh, uh, can I just finish it? Yeah. All right. So, as we know, when John comes on the scene, he's eating locusts and he's eating locusts, dude. So John's probably, imagine him trying out to be a pastor of somebody's church. Excuse me, I got something stuck in my teeth right here. When was it when, Mr. when John the Baptist's mom and dad, I can picture him coming in, laying in bed at night, and Elizabeth said, honey, 
Have you noticed that Johnny likes bugs more than most people? What is that about? Right? And what's the camel's hair thing? What's that about? Why is he always wrapping himself up and like, what is that about? Who is he? Do you think he needs a counselor? I'm worried about it. He didn't fit in anybody's mold. He was an inner intermediary between the old and the new. Some of us have gifts and things that we're to do that are going to mess up stuff. And that's what you were born to do. Not conform to something that hasn't worked for a hundred years and the people are still working it because they think that's what you do. Someone needs to come on the scene with bugs in their hair and be like thunder in the desert. Be who you are and make people deal with it. At the same time, at the same time, John the Baptist would not be on my greeter committee. Repent. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> you fruit of vipers. Who told you to come to Elvish? Right? No, you want, you want a few lamb people out there. Yeah. So. But there was a place for him. You know what Jesus said about him? Of all the prophets ever born, he's the greatest. But whoever is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. John, I'm going to preach on this when I get back from L.A. This is my sermon that week. John knew who he was, and just as importantly, he knew who he wasn't. Are you? Nope. Are you? Nope. No, we, we, we want you to be... We could really work with you if you'd be... Wow. We need someone that works into this. Can, can you do that? Nope. Who are you? I am a voice. I am a friend of the bridegroom. And I live to make him known. That's what we all can do. What kind of voice are you? What kind of friend of Jesus are you? And what's your role in this thing to make a way for him to show up? Whatever we are, that's what we do. That's awesome. I um So that's a growth track. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um can you can you, you pray for us and pray for growth track I and I step long? ahead? Huh? My Michael Scott, did I go too long? I think we're long? good. No. Okay. I think we're good. We Can were you just come up listening. here next time I preach and just we were listening. stop me? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Did you guys get anything out of it this morning? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I think if I left anything out, I wanted to say. Probably. Um. Do you remember when I sat down at Cafe Marks with you and Brooke a long time ago and I said, I'm getting ready to start the series on the red letters. And I said, 
this means something. I'm not sure what it means, but I'm, I remember saying it to you and Brooke. I said, think of that, this. I've been preaching sermons. What was that, maybe 10 years ago? So I've been preaching sermons for 22 years. And after all that, what I want to do is preach about Jesus. I want to go into the second half of my life, and the third quarter of my life, and if it's fourth quarter, when you got to bring your game, I want to bring him into the, into the center. Jesus deserves an awesome presentation of who he is through every one of our gifts, through every one of our life, lives. He deserves. So Lord, I pray that um, Lord Jesus, you died for every person in this room. You died for that person that's getting out of that subway. You died for that girl that's lost everything and doesn't know how to tell anybody about any part of what she's lost. There's churches all over the place. We can listen to sermons until we are pickled in them. They podcast ourselves to death. Bibles everywhere, including hotels all over this country. And people don't know who you are and they don't know who they are. And churches who don't know who they are. Help us, Lord, to fulfill and make full proof of the reason that we exist here. And may people at every age find that out by your mercy and your grace and the light that you shine into every life. Help us to make sure this church never becomes about a person or, a, or, a, or, a, or, or an emphasis or a certain part of something, but it's about where people can find Jesus and people can hear him and feel him and connect with him and teach us to know who we are and live it and go after it and hold to it. And every part of us Every person here has that other part. We have that other part that got to us before you got to us and it's there and it's morphed and it's evolved and it, it speaks and it dominates and it boasts and it tells us why not and why we'll never be and all that. God, we just pray that today we'd be arrested by the grace and the mercy and the love that's in Jesus that calls all of us out of the tombs and out of the paralytic states and laying by the pool of Siloam where if we say this person didn't that and if I could have that and you're right there saying do you want to get well Lord let us hear your voice today and be gripped with a faith to believe that we can pick up our mat and go home and go forth so that's what my prayer is for me for Dustin, for Devin, for everybody that does the things on this Y day of the all the Y days. Touch us all, every mom, every dad, for Brady and who he represents and all these young ladies that are in the move and these 
kids in Shine Kids, whose parents are with them and grandparents are with them and those who don't have anybody with them, but they're here. Jesus touched them. Touch them, Lord. Don't let any devil detonate the bridge. Don't let anyone. Make it strong. Make it strong. Make it strong. We are, we are called into an impossible task. There's one of us. We are all in something that's way out beyond anything we can do. We have loaves and fish. What's all we got? So we just give that into your hands, Jesus. Call people, Lord, to be about your work here. Take a hold of our calendars and our planners and give us a passion. This is about establishing something that goes past our own life, bigger than our own families, about people that are yet to see and yet to know, families and marriages and kids that have never stepped foot in this door yet, but they will because we step up. You know every person that's personalized to God. Let them not be able to shake it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.